Grace of the Father be upon your mind. Grace means divine favor. It does, and there's a lot of spiritual blessings, and they come down. James 1, they come down. Every good and perfect gift, every grace of the Father comes down from the Father of heavenly lights, in whom there is no religion, which means shadows are turning. There's no types and shadows in the Father, which means you're coming out of hell into heaven by every gift from the Father, every grace of the Father that you receive. And there, there are many graces. It's not just like, oh, grace, license to sin, or oh, just grace, let's teach on grace, and everyone goes to the bar afterwards, and they're all just lusting for a spouse going to church, and we've seen that 100,000 times, and it becomes about, like, some license to sin and some rebellion. <laughs> Honestly, I've been so deep in ministry for so long that the majority of people I've known in grace have used it for a license to sin. It's like, no condemnation, we're just going to stay infants in Christ, change our poopy diapers, don't bring us the severity, there's no consequences for my action, and then they die in a car accident, or they get cancer. And it's like, well, you actually are battling hell, and you haven't put on the full armor of God yet, and you're playing games, and you're living in Laodicean lukewarmness, and that's the most dangerous place to be, because you're confused, and you don't understand, and you reject the severity of God. And it's like, I don't even need the sword anymore. And they put the Bible down, you know? The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, they'll put the Bible down. I don't need the Bible anymore. The final quest talks about the temptation. When you come into an external glory, Satan will tempt you to put the Word down. That's when you need to eat more Word. I was tempted by all these same temptations. We got hit with the drunken glory. People are talking about fasting the Bible. I'm talking about 11 years ago. When revival broke out and we were not wise enough to pastor it and we're just kind of infant, infants in the glory, you know, had some maturity in the things of the gifts and some maturity in Pentecostalism, some maturity compared to what, you know, but I'm talking about the standard of God the Father here, so it's like infancy. And this is 11 years ago, and I was like, man, really? Starting over in the glory, you got to start over in the glory. You have to learn how to walk and talk in the glory. But I was so mature in the gifts. I was considered an elder in the assemblies of God. You can be a pastor now in the assemblies of God. It's true. All the training I had in the AG, two years in revival and Teen Challenge. I was staff at Teen Challenge. And uh, constant miracle signs and wonders and healings. And it was just absolute revival in that place. And then getting a scholarship to go to Bible college and the, the Assemblies of God trying to recruit me my senior year to be a youth pastor and the Father to shut it down. It's like, no, you're not going to be a youth pastor in the Assemblies of God. In fact, as soon as I do a little bit of what I want to do with you, you'll be kicked out of the whole denomination. And that's what happened. They told me if I ever step foot back on my campus, my Bible college, they'll call the cops on me. I said, what? You know, that's the same thing Satan said to me when they kicked me out of my last high school. They kicked me out of my last high school. They said, if you ever step foot back in campus, we'll call the cops on you. And then they did, said the same thing in my Bible college. If you ever step foot back on campus, we'll call the cops on you. So it don't matter if you're reptilian cold, they'll persecute you. Or if you are seraphim hot, they'll persecute you. It's like only Laodicean lukewarm is tolerated in America. You know what I'm saying? 
if you're not lukewarm, you're weird. And then the, the reptiles and the people that are extreme in the realm of the demonic mask it. You know, and they don't, they don't want you to see what's in their hearts, you know, but they have covenants with the realm of the dead, and there's warlocks and witches in every U.S. city, every first world nation. I mean, deep, 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 beyond anything you can understand, people with relationships with demons and relationships with fallen angels trading on the stars and using starlight to ensnare minds and the spirit of Babylon to keep people confused and to rule them by confusion. And it's just everywhere. And so you go into the realm of the seraphim, you go into the realm of fire, and you come out of the complacency of the Laodicean lukewarm spirit of Babylon mixture of your born-again Christianity in America, you'll actually start to get persecuted. Oh my gosh. You know, we got persecuted in Teen Challenge. They actually said that when we had revival at Teen Challenge, people getting healed of cancer, AIDS, driving out demons every day, miracle signs and wonders every day, real revival. It was awesome. Fasting, prayer, revival, Pentecostal revival. We're getting drunk in the spirit. Pastors coming out of selling $3 million in crack cocaine. And that was the pastors there. OG Crips, OG GDs from Chicago, from Omaha, Nebraska, from North Minneapolis. We're talking about real OG gang leaders getting a hold of God, repenting of all their ways, and serving the Holy Ghost with their whole heart. This was revival at Teen Challenge for two years. They called us the dumpster of the assemblies of God. That's what they said. He said, this is the dumpster. Of the, and it was, you know, the scum of the earth, the refuse of all society. I mean, half those people were heroin addicts or heroin dealers, all gang tattoos. Half of the people were court ordered there, even guys getting that had murdered people. I had gangsters in Teen Challenge that were court ordered that were murderers. And the spirit of murder rise up 250 pound guys that are murderers that have been jumped into gangs in my face and I'm 18 years old and I'm probably 140 pounds and the guy is like look he's like I'm gonna kill you I'm gonna kill you and I, I looked him in the eyes I said I'm not afraid of you true story as, as we're in the supper line I'm not afraid of you you demon of murder and you can't kill me holy ghost it was awesome the confrontation I enjoyed it age 18 dealing with murderers I mean, that was my first few months as a Christian. You know, they want to kill you in your rebellion. They want to kill you when you're in righteousness. But when you're in righteousness and you don't back down to the demon, guess what? That dude backed down, big giant gangster murderer, he backed down and then he went on a, a speaking fast. He's like, and he's like, that young man taught me a lesson. He's like, oh my, and his heart melted. Because I, I wasn't backing down because I was filled with the Holy Ghost. I'd been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'd already been raised from the dead. And I can see the same demons that got cast out of me inside him. So I'm not going to back down to the demon. I don't care how big you are. How much you bench press. How many people you've killed. Doesn't matter. The Holy Ghost is way more powerful than death. That was my first few months as a Christian. Just tested constantly by gangsters, by murderers, by heroin addicts, heroin dealers, and then pastored by gang leaders and former mafia. I mean, that's the foundation of my Christianity for the first two years, then going into Bible college. Went into Bible college and it wasn't like that at all. 
It was mostly just layout to seeing lukewarm kids that never even seen a miracle in their whole life. And I was like, oh, God. They started, they're all jerking off to pornography. They're going into the nightclubs and having sex with girls. They'd never done anything in their life. And so they just left mommy and daddy's house. And so now they wanted to experiment with rebellion. And I'm just leaving that lifestyle. I dealt with that for five years. It's like, oh, really? You want to test sin? You want to test rebellion? Oh, God. So I lost every single friend when I went into Bible college because they all got eaten up with rebellion. And Satan tried to kill me too, but I had such a foundation <laughs> in my spirit that I didn't really have anything to go back to. And it's like, though a thousand fall at your side, Psalms 91, you need this, Psalms 91, the place of the heart with God, the place of intimacy with the Father, the secret place, the cleft of the rock. You need this now more than ever. I am watching people drop like flies out here, and people are like surprised by a minister that has some sound doctrine, that spends two hours in the Bible a day. That's crazy to you. What kind of Laodicean Christianity do you come out of where spending two hours in the Word is extreme? How backslidden is Christianity? You need to start eating the Word. You have no foundation, no rock of strength except the Word of God. And unless you get into the Word and feast on the Word, there is zero chance of success in this life and in the one to come. We need Psalms 91 now more than ever. I'd encourage you to read it three times out loud. Read it out loud so it consumes your five natural senses with the glory of God, with the Word of God, with the strength of the Word. Let it fortify you in the Word. Let it fortify you in the spirit of the Bible, the spirit of prophecy. He's the rhema, which means he's the spirit of the Bible. And he's the logos, meaning he is the Bible. Jesus is the word. He's called the logos and the rhema. See, people have a hard time with that because they don't read the Bible enough and they read stuff in here they don't understand and then they'll come up with theology and they just want to be nice to everybody because they're tempted by the spirit of Babylon. And it's a place to be kind, and you're all things to all people. But more than anything, we need Christian maturity. We need the severity of God. We do. I want the severity of Moses. I want the severity of Elijah. I want the severity of Jeremiah. I want the severity of Paul and Barnabas and Silas and John on Patmos. I need it. I don't know about you guys, but I need it. I literally look into the eyes of demons every day and people whose souls are full of Satan. And if I don't have this burning in my soul, I'm dead. Like, I'll literally die. I'm surrounded by crack houses in North Minneapolis right now. There's four crack houses. I deal with 36 organized gangs as an inner city missionary every day for the last 11 years. If I don't have this word, I'm dead. And if you're Laodicean in the suburbs and your white picket fences, you think you're safe. You're not safe. That's, the why, that's why accidents happen to you. And you don't get it. You think it's natural. It's not natural. It's supernatural. It's demonic. Every negative thing that's ever happened in your life was caused by a demon. There's no coincidences. And people are like, oh, let's just put some band-aids on the natural realm. Some band-aids, some psychology on it. Let's just explain it away. It's not an evil spirit. The book of Enoch said every accident that has ever happened has happened by a demon. You need to understand how real the spirit world is. You can't have your head in the sand. you got to wake up. 
It's life and death. And I'm telling you, once you're exposed to the glory, then it's really life and death. We've had people come into this house and not take seriously the apostolic glory and die suddenly. Die. You start messing around with God the Father's glory and Satan, if you because if you did something with it, you could change civilization. You could heal cities. You could heal nations. But you go out there and you take it for granted. Brandon's a fanatic. Brandon's extreme. Brandon's wrong. And you start blaspheming the glory of the Father. I just pray the mercy of God upon your soul. I don't want to see any more people die. But they drop like flies and die. Why? Because of casual commitment to the Father's light and the Father's love. You don't understand the sacrifice the Father made in His Son, Jesus Christ. I mean, it is to pull you out of the natural confusion of just being natural animals in the dust of the earth with snakes crawling through your five physical senses. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ is to pull you out of the natural into the glory and seal you in the glory even physically. So you're not deceived by anything of the devil ever again. That it's just, oh, just a coincidence. Just a natural thing happened. Just got T-boned by a car. Just got T-boned. I mean, that happened this week with some friends of ours. T-boned. Two friends of mine were T-boned this week. And they're just... You know, it is spiritual warfare. And then they come back to God and they're like, can you pray for me? How about we get filled with the glory of God so we don't have to get T-boned to, to get desperate for God? And of course, both of them didn't have a scrape on them because of the mercy and the grace of God. God does not want anyone to perish. What does it take to get a hold of your soul to have a full commitment to the living Father? I pray it doesn't take the school of hard knocks. Why do we have to get so beat up by our stubbornness, our strife, our religion, our own carnal minds, our own knowledge, all of our pride? Why do we have to get beat up, pounding our heads against the walls like goats in order to repent? Let us stay in the glory so there's no need to repent. Hallelujah. When you're in the glory, then you can just walk with the Father and grow no one is supposed to learn by the school of hard knocks. The school of hard knocks, many people don't make it out and they die physically. I've seen several people die from alcohol poisoning and heroin after they're exposed to the glory because they don't take it seriously. Like, oh, you know, not for me, just for the apostles. No, that we all come into the unity of the faith, that we'd all be sealed in the glory. That we all be surrounded by the angels of the Almighty so that we don't dash our foot against the stone. Dashing your foot against the stone means that you don't stumble by being deceived by the natural realm anymore. That you're not naturally minded. If you're naturally minded, you stumble and fall. If you're intimate with your mind in the flesh, you'll stumble and fall and then you'll not know why. You gape around in darkness and you just explain it away what everything happens to you every day. It's just a coincidence and you're stumbling around in darkness, gross dar darkness and gaping bowls of Bashan parading around you and you don't have a clue about what's going on in the spirit world. Lord, illuminate the eyes of our hearts with your love. Lord, illuminate the eyes of our hearts with your horns, the horns of your altar, the horns of your fire, the horns of your favor, and the eyes of your love. Let our eyes flash with Shekinah fire so we're not deceived by anything in the natural realm, the wiles of the devil. 
the scheming of the serpents, the snares of the enemy. There's always stuff up there, out there to trip you up, to make you fall. And unless you learn to fly in the glory, you'll trip every week. Some people trip every day. They've just been tripping every day of their life. Tripping and falling, constantly beat up, and every day it's just like, oh, it's another sob story. Until you learn how to walk in the Spirit, talk in the Spirit, do the dead man's float in the river of life, you can have constant problems. Constant problems is not necessary. The school of hard knocks is not your teacher. That's because of your stubbornness and your rebellion to the Holy Spirit. Once you get in the river, the place of tender green pasture and still refreshing waters becomes your teacher. He wants to teach you in the Garden of Eden. He wants to teach you in the secret place. He doesn't want the rebellion to be your teacher. He doesn't want religion. I mean, look at the older prodigal son of Luke 15. That is not how you do it. Learn from the prodigals. That's not, you don't go into crack cocaine and prostitution to learn about God. Come on. You don't go into the white magic of Jezebel's witchcraft and self-effort, strange fire, and carnal Christianity to learn about God. God forbid. You go to the Father and you learn to feast. You feast on revelation. You feast on His Word. You put this Word in your belly. You get an appetite for the Word. Psalms 91, safe and secure. When you sit enthroned under the shadow of El Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy, and He will protect you from the false accusation and, and, and from any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under His covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing! Exclamation point. Don't fear! Whether by night or by day, demonic danger will not trouble you. Nor will the powers of the evil launched against you. For God will keep you safe and secure. They won't lay a hand on you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed. You will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment. For they will be paid back for what they have done. You will be a spectator. And what are the wicked? The devils, the demons, the snakes, the scorpions, the, the spirits of Babylon, the religious spirits, the lust spirits, the witchcraft confusing spirits the spirits of sickness and disease, they're judged and you're set free. And you'll be a spectator of the tormentors of your own souls, the poverty spirits, judged. And you'll spectate and you'll say, whoa, whoa, whoa. For they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of the God Most High, 
our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, <laughs> trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me, because you have delighted in me as my great lover. I will greatly protect you. I will set you in a high place, safe and secure before my face. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will find and feel my presence, even in your time of pressure and trouble. I will be your glorious hero and give you a feast. You will be satisfied with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. Amen. Father, I pray for all these people watching right now and listening on the podcast. I pray for your full salvation, protecting them with your angel feathers, with your grace and with your love, and with your angels, just protecting them inside and outside from all the fear that has to do with Satan's torment in their souls. Your love drives out fears. And let everyone at the sound of my voice be delivered from all the fears of Satan and his angels through their souls by the power of your love, by the blood of the Lamb, by the forgiveness of their sins, by the healing of every sickness and disease, and by your angels guarding them and protecting them all around, all above, and all below in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. We love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you tomorrow. Hallelujah.